from that place of awareness about what's going on with you, ground yourself in some knowledge because we too often fly into a meeting. I mean, I remember in my workplace often hearing people come into a meeting hot, hearing from me what was really going on and then saying something like, well, there's nothing like being unburdened by the facts, you know, and, and recognizing that they just, they came in hot because they didn't know what was going on. And so trying to ground yourself in some knowledge, whether that is about um, what aspects of the government are actually shut down and which aspects of the government are still functioning during the kind of crisis that we just had, or, or it's something in your workplace or your parenting, get the facts. Hey, welcome back to the Sharpen Podcast. I'm your host, Kirby Green, and Sharpen is the podcast for young professionals. Before we get into today's episode, uh, a real quick ask. If you have not already, please go over to wherever you listen to your podcast and be sure to rate the Sharpen Podcast and leave us some feedback. That's how we know what to do more of and less of, and especially in the new year, we welcome your feedback but that, that's throughout the entire year. So please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast today. Today's conversation is with the ladies of Pantsuit Politics. We have Sarah from the left and Beth from the right. This is their second time on the Sharpen Podcast, and we're really, really excited to welcome them back as they share more of their new book that is out it is out. Actually, I saw an email in my inbox that mine um, had been finally delivered to my Kindle, pre-ordered way back when. So I'm really excited to get to read their book. Today's conversation covers a little bit about the book, but they also use the framework from the book to be able to guide us not only through political conversations in a graceful way, but conversations outside of that specific space. With that, here is our conversation with Sarah and Beth from Pantsuit Politics. Beth and Sarah, you are sharpened podcast repeats. Um, we need a t-shirt for that. <laughs> and uh, we're so glad to have you back, but we'd love to get started. Just tell us it about um, who you are, and then we'll talk about uh, the work that you do in just a moment. Beth, do you want to get us started? Yeah, thank you so much for having us back. We'll take those shirts. We're very honored. <laughs> so we are Beth and Sarah, Sarah from the left and Beth from the right, as we introduce ourselves on our podcast, Pantsuit Politics. We strive to have nuanced conversations. Our tagline is no shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. And then we talk about the, the greater nuances of life on our podcast, The Nuance Life. We have a book coming out on February 5th called I Think You're Wrong, But I'm Listening, A Guide to Grace-Filled Conversations. And so the two of us really draw on the entirety of our careers, our practices as mothers, lawyers, um, to to say to the United States, hey, everybody, whether it's in your business or your personal life or in our government, we have been avoiding some really hard discussions and we need to have them and we can have them and be more connected to each other as a result and like the world we live in better as a result. Mm, so good. My copy is, is pre-ordered and we're going to talk more about that today. Sarah, tell us about you. So I... Well, I'm struggling now. How do I talk about myself? After Sarah, you're never short for words. Teed, I know, right? It's so true. Well, Beth teed us up so good, and usually I I'm know. the origin story, so it so it's it um it caught me off guard a little bit. Um, I think you know, particularly with young professionals and with people either 
you know, entering the workforce or managing those new to the workforce, as we talked about your sort of typical audience, this, this, um, I don't know if we're quite in a movement yet, but this philosophy we have that avoiding conflict, whether it be political or whether it be cultural or social or even really personal, usually only makes the situation worse. And that approaching every conflict as um, something to be won or something to be um, dominated is not doing any of us any favors. I think that this generation in particular is, is hungry for deep conversations that, that acknowledge everyone's discomfort with the status quo, discomfort with our current systems, discomfort with um, sort of the way things are, and a, a real hunger to acknowledge everybody's discomfort, acknowledge some of the problems, and get into the meaty part of our conversations and get into the real sort of um, solution-oriented places that we all need to go in order to improve our own lives and improve our country and improve our politics. And so that's what we really try to do. Um, I come from more of a political background than Beth. I worked in politics um, in Washington, D.C. and on Capitol Hill before. When I, when, as a young professional, sort of uprooted everything and moved back to my hometown of Paducah, Kentucky to start a a family and a really a different career. And so that's sort of where my, my background is. And that's yeah. how I, how I came to Beth and how we started having these, these hard conversations on Pansy politics. Well, we are so glad to have you two back and thanks for sharing a little bit about uh, who you all are and what you're doing. We will include in the show notes today, of course, the links to your two podcasts. Um, but for, day, for today's conversation, so excited to learn a little bit more about your book uh, that is coming out. And actually, by the time this episode comes out to our audience, it may, um, it may be live. We'll call it live. It'll be hot mm-hmm. off the press. And so um, I think you're wrong, but I'm listening. Um, and, and what I love about the, the theme of the book is you guys put it in your tagline there, grace-filled conversations. Uh, so let's just start there. Um, and you give it, you've given a little bit of background as far as why you all started the podcast and the need, and especially among our audience that is listening of young professionals. I think we're all nodding along wherever li- we're listening to this episode today. Uh, but tell us about the book. How, how did this come about? Was this a, was this a conversation? Was this a, the fruit of the podcast where people were eager to learn more? Because I think that, um, I think what you do on the podcast is very important and this is yet another layer, you know, of helpfulness, especially guys as young professionals of how to approach these conversations. But yeah, give us a little background info. Well, I think that what we try to do on the podcast is have grace-filled conversations and try to model those and just live into the values that we've talked about so far. The book is really our attempt to say, okay, we've been doing that for three years now. What have we learned? And if we could have told ourselves at the beginning, this is the roadmap for how you do this, you know, what would go in that roadmap? And that's really what we tried to do very practically one through 10. This is what it takes to be able to keep coming back over and over again to really hard contentious discussions. And so in each chapter of the book, we say, here's the concept that we wish we had known when we started. Here is an example 
of us modeling out that concept and learning our way into that concept. So, for example, we have a chapter where we talk about in the importance of taking off your team jerseys, and then we illustrate what that means to us through the lens of the healthcare debate. Hmm. And so it's not a super wonky book, but there are real concrete examples to say it's not just concept. It's this is what it means to live into this practice. And then we try to end each chapter affirming that it is a practice and it's something that you have to work on over and over. It's not like, here you go, America, you're fixed. It's something that we have to keep working through. That's so good. So uh, I feel like you've actually just roadmapped like mentorship. I feel like you're like now all these mentors for our audience of where you're saying, we went back, we reflected on what went well and what could have gone differently on our podcast conversations. We reflected on this principle and then we are not only applying it on the podcast, but we're learning how to grow in that too, because we know you don't just apply it. You have to grow it as you go. So thanks for demonstrating that. If anything, like I could just call out a really I guess a look into what mentorship looks like, uh, but let's go into the, you mentioned you have 10 themes or, or concepts and, and I don't want to ask for, for too much because of course we want people to go read the book, but can you walk us through whether it's even maybe one to two themes or three uh, that you would say, Hey, this is what the book is capturing is, is really capturing. Well, I'll tell you that the book is divided into two sections, which is, start with you and then move outward. And so I think that's Mm, probably a really good way to share the overall idea, which is you cannot walk into any sort of intensely conflict ridden political conversation, no matter how grace filled you might be and expect a good outcome without very closely examining your own priorities, your own values, your own ideas, your own history um, with whatever you're going to talk about or with whatever person you're going to talk to. We really believe that politics is a great way to examine your own ideas and beliefs, not just attack someone else. And so we spend half the book saying, okay, take off your jersey, talk about your ideas, values, put politics in its place. Let's work through all these different ways that we can bring a lot of self-awareness and self-reflection to our own political ideas before we engage with another person. And then we spend the next half of the book saying, okay, now that we're ready to engage, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to use all these things we've learned about ourselves to come to a really grace-filled place and be prepared to listen to another person. I think the overall message is that this is not something you just learn and then you've perfected it and you move on. This is a skill and a practice. It's a something you're going to do over and over and over again. And not just in politics, but in issues of faith and in issues of conflict in the workplace. These are skills that you can learn, that you can, and a practice that you can learn and a practice that you can continually engage with to become a better person, to become better at engaging with people in these situations. And it's that practice where you learn, I can do this, it's hard, and I get it, the sun comes up the next day, that we think that is really, really beneficial to not only anybody doing it on an individual basis, but like we said, to like sort of the culture overall. It's so interesting too that you talk about, yes, you can apply this to political conversations, but I'm also just imagining our audience being like, 
and that committee that I'm on and my, the meeting at the school that I'm a teacher or, and you guys, I always want to tell my two and four year old, no shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance girls, (laughs) even within your household. I I think the applications are far and wide for our young professionals listening. I want to ask you all, I've, I've heard, uh, I'll say words or, or sets of words, nuanced and grace filled. I'm sure you talk about this in that book, and I hear you all say that often on podcasts. What does that mean to you? Well, I'll start with nuance. I think that we began believing that nuance was about uh, being a noun, sort of the the subtle variations of an argument, that it's not all this or that. There is so much complexity to, poli- to the political space in particular. And we wanted to be willing to live in that complexity, to be able to hold two things that seem to be um, opposing truths together, because that is so often true in political spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we kind of started. I think we are now at this sense that nuance should be a verb, that it is being willing to lean into um, paradox, that it is being willing to listen even when you are convinced that someone's wrong, that that nuance is more a practice like yoga or playing the piano um, or giving performance feedback to go to your example. I, I think mentoring is a great metaphor because the best mentoring relationships even though there are roles set up within those relationships are mutually beneficial, right? It's not, this is the correct way and you're gonna learn from that. It's let's learn from each other let's embrace the value that comes from having these two different maybe generational perspectives mm-hmm. or set of work experiences. And that's what nuance really means for us. And then, you know, grace filled in my view, and I'll let Sarah pick it up from here. So I don't monopolize grace filled. <laughs> that seems like the opposite of what grace filled is, but <laughs> you know, to us, the, the idea of grace is quite different from civility or tolerance or the kinds of words that you hear calls for a lot in media, because grace starts from the premise that simply because you're a human being and for no other reason, you are deserving of my respect and my curiosity um, and interest. And so I'm not going to throw you away, even if you have ideas that are uh, counter to mine or abhorrent to mine. I'm not going to throw you as a person away. I'm going to treat you with dignity and respect. I think that has great parallels for the workplace too. I talk a lot to HR professionals about somebody might not be the right fit in your organization. They're still a person Mm -hmm. and we treat them as a person and we send them out into the world having had a good experience with us, even when they're not the right fit for us. And so in the political space, when we talk about having grace-filled discussion, we mean you don't have to deserve my attention to have it. You don't have to deserve my respect to be treated with respect. So good. Yeah, we just don't do the humans are garbage. You know, we just, we're leaning all the way out from any sort of dehumanization, any idea that based on your behavior or your beliefs or your political party, that you are somehow less than human. Um, Mm. Grace is unearned. Um, It's just by virtue of being here on planet earth with your fellow human beings that you are deserving of basic dignity and respect. Um, And so we really try to center ourselves in that because it is very, very easy to fall into the traps of treating our fellow human beings like products that are to be discarded or to be consumed. And we don't want that. We're not products. We're fellow human beings on this journey together. And we really try to center ourselves in that. That's so good. 
That's so good. I, I, I would, uh, I'd love to hear so that, that, um, I feel like that's probably a foundation that you guys lay in the book. It's certainly the foundation you've laid with your podcast. Um, so help us today. I, I, uh, we were, we were kind of joking, but then not as we were opening the interview here, um, that obviously the news is, is quite filled and I'll just, I'll leave it at that. But, um, you guys walk through this practically several times a week of what it does look like to have nuanced, grace-filled conversations. And, and I don't think there's a one, two, three step process, but then there's also sometimes some really helpful frameworks. Um, when you do enter in a conversation, whether it is, you know, directly related to something into politics, parent, teacher, uh, conferences. I'm just trying to think about an important meeting on your dissertation. The list goes on where it can feel like there's tension and there can certainly not just feel that way. There is tension um, or, or just simply disagreeing, uh, disagreement. So help us, practically speaking, if you're going to approach a conversation like that, what would you offer to our audiences today? And maybe it is, here's like three really important steps to take. Uh, but practically, how can we start to approach these conversations, including going and getting a copy of your book and reading it? Let me just say, too, what nuance isn't and what grace isn't. It is not being um, zen and never getting upset and never getting angry and never feeling strong emotion. Um, we're we're hyper aware that both of us operate from several places of privilege um, so we want to make sure that we're always acknowledging that. And also, even with that privilege, I still get righteously angry about a lot of things sure. happening in our political environment. Both of us were um, incredibly affected and emotional and very um, in a very intense place during several news events that really rocked America, from the family separations at the borders to the Kavanaugh hearing. And so nuance and grace does not mean that we don't feel things profoundly, that we are not affected by oppression, that we don't try to um, fight sources of injustice when we see them. And so I want to really be clear on that. Mm, that's good. That you can find a space to acknowledge injustice, affirm um, the emotional cost of that in yourself and in others, and still resist the urge to paint other human beings as trash and garbage in the enemy. And so it's, there's never, I'm not going to give you three quick tips that are going to, that's going to fix that forever. That's a practice. That's learning how to do it. That's my tip. You just got to try. You got to step out into the space and start doing it, acknowledging that you giving grace to yourself, that you're a human being, that you're going to screw it up, that you're going to get mad, that you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. Um, and, but that you're going to commit to try to do it again and learn those lessons and try again. Um, whether it be in a workplace, whether it be across the table about a political conversation. The, the practice is what you will learn from. It's the just going out there and trying, committed to messing it up and trying again. And so it's a, you know, it's a messy process because it involves human beings and we're messy inherently. And so just go, going out there um, and, and giving yourself grace and giving other people grace and committing to just trying over and over and over again will will teach you the lessons. It will get, it will give you the skills because your skills are going to be different than my skills. Um, your reactions are going to be different. My reactions, the lessons that will seem very profound to you when you're listening to another person will seem like something I've known my whole life. And so I think that that's just important to, to understand that it's a very complicated dance whenever you go out and engage with other human beings in a, in a tension and conflict, conflict ridden space. 
Yeah, I think that that's true. I love bullet points, so I'll try to condense a couple of bullet points for your listeners, building on what Sarah said, knowing that you're often walking into a situation, whether it's politically or at work or personally, with a lot of emotion. I think the first step is just to take stock of that and to recognize where where you're coming from and what your goals are here. And is that emotion consistent with your goals or not? Um, sometimes we need that emotion as fuel to approach an issue. Sometimes that emotion is going to really undermine the outcome that we're looking for. And we always suggest in a political conversation that the outcome you're looking for should be to learn something through the conversation, not to win an argument, not to walk away from like your living room with draft legislation in hand, but just to learn something about other people. That's going to be different in the business context and sometimes in the personal context, but get clear about what your goal is and about how whatever emotion you're bringing to the table undermines or advances that goal. I think the second thing is from that place of awareness about what's going on with you, ground yourself in some knowledge because we too often fly into a meeting. I mean, I remember in my workplace often hearing people come into a meeting hot, hearing from me what was really going on and then saying something like, well, there's nothing like being unburdened by the facts, you know, and, and recognizing that they just, they came in hot because they didn't know what was going on. And Mm -hmm. so trying to ground yourself in some knowledge, whether that is about, um, what aspects of the government are actually shut down and which aspects of the government are still functioning during the kind of crisis that we just had, or, or it's something in your workplace or your parenting, get the facts Um, and try to get those facts in a complete way, not in an arguing over how it's being reported way, just what is happening and how can I relate where I am to what is happening? And then I think thirdly, and this is the point that Sarah was making, you just got to do it. You've got to listen. You have to be willing to let the floor be taken by someone else so that they get their stuff out. Then you've got to be willing to get your stuff out and not do that in a passive aggressive or overly aggressive way. Just sit with your feet on the ground and share where you are listen to the other person with curiosity um, and commit to coming back and doing all of that over again. So I guess the last thing I would say is, you know, and this is a major theme in our book and our podcast, prioritize the relationship. If you're at work and you don't like the outcome of a meeting, you want to be at that company, you need to disagree and commit. Um, As Americans, we're going to have times when compromise is not possible or desirable. Sometimes one way has to win out, at least for now. And we've got to prioritize staying together as Americans over that difference. Well, I think you're wrong, but I'm listening. Um, we will include links to, um, to the book in our notes today. Beth and Sarah, thank you so much for sharing and giving us just a little bit of a taste. Um, I'm so excited for my copy to finally come in, by the way. And this makes me even more excited. Maybe... Now I'm like, well, dang it. Why isn't he here yet? Because <laughs> you got me amped up. Uh, but, but I do appreciate everything that you guys said for, for a conversation of political nature and beyond. So the tagline with Sharpen is that we sharpen young professionals for the workplace and beyond. And everything that you all have shared with us today, and it sounds like your, your 10 pillars of the book, can really enable us for the workplace and beyond. Um, we, we live integrated lives, right? We're not just one role. And so I think um, I'm excited to see, um, to see all of the, the great feedback that you guys get. Um, 
We will include links in our show notes, but any specific call outs of where to learn more about your book, I'm assuming Amazon, because that's where I pre-ordered. You can get the book anywhere. You can also text I'm listening, I-M-L-I-S-T-E-N-I-N-G to 313131 or go to com to order the book. And we just really appreciate it. Oh, we're so glad to have you on. Before we let you go, we ask our guest each time um, two questions, and, but actually I'm going to ask you one today because normally we ask for a shout out and I can imagine that you guys would give each other a shout out during the midst of this book launch. Am I right in that assumption? That's a good assumption. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do want to hear, we always ask our guests a game changer. So something that's definitely uh, been, been a game changer it can be really, really small. Um, I'm all about food items that have been game changers. However, most people that come on, um, you know, they're, they tell about a book or something super professional, uh, but would love to hear what's been a game changer for each of you lately. I, in my professional life, wear a lot of blouses. Mm -hmm. but I'm also just to get real with y'all a sweater like I sweat and so that does not go good with blouses so I bought one of those Thompson tea have you heard about these I think yeah yeah yeah. they're amazing everyone should get one so they're like they're like an undershirt but they have built-in fabric basically in the armpit area and I bought one and I ran Beth can testify to this we were in DC and I bought this beautiful silk blouse that I kind of have anxiety about wearing but I put on my Thompson tea, I wore my silk blouse all day. It was not an issue. Highly recommend if you have this issue in your professional wear life. I'm so intrigued. Definitely we'll be Googling this as soon as we get off. They're amazing. There's a bunch of different brands, but I bought the Thompson tea on um, Amazon. Love okay. Love Perfect. It, it, it. So game changer for me this year, I bought Emily Lay's Simplified Planner. To your point about how we live integrated lives, I have found it there are two game changers for me within this planner. The first one is having a visual reminder on every day of the calendar that I need to figure out what I'm having for dinner tonight. And just seeing this little bar with a pot next to it that reminds me that I need a dinner plan has been life-giving. The other thing um, that has been really helpful in the pre-work of the planner, like the beginning of the, the planner, it asks you lots of questions to go through. And it really helped me clarify kind of what the theme for every day of my week should be, because I'm trying to work on lots of different things as everyone is at one time. This has really given me just a cadence for my week where I understand like, you want to make an appointment for lunch? Great. It's going to be a Tuesday or a Friday because those are the days that I run out and do things like that. Um, So I love the simplified planner from Emily Lay. I think it's been super helpful. Oh, I can't wait to check it. I've heard a lot of good feedback. And I'm also a huge fan. Everybody on the podcast is like, oh, here she goes, bringing it up again. But Laura Casey's Power Sheets. So it's oh, not yeah. like the daily, yeah. Uh, I know Emily Lay's approach is she has that daily structure and then Laura's is um, a um, a uh, monthly approach. There we go. I was like, I can't get the word out. But well, thank you so much, Sarah from the left, Beth from the right. And I so appreciate y'all being on and look forward to reading to reading your book here as soon as it comes out. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Hey, have a good day. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for having us back. We really appreciate it. Oh, I'm so glad to. I'm so Mm -hmm. glad to. I love podcasts. And I think I tell y'all every time, every time, this is the second time. I'm acting like we're like routine friends. Every time we talk, (laughs) I tell you all whenever I I heard your voice, I was like, oh, that's them. Not them at (laughs) five in the morning, but really them. So super cool to get to chat with you. Thank you so much. Bye, you all. Have a good day. Bye, you too. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Sharpen Podcast. Uh, do me a huge favor. Please leave a review in the iTunes store. Uh, all feedback is welcome. That helps other young professionals uh, find the podcast and most of all gives me your feedback on what you want to see more of and less of on this podcast. Um, Last thing, please remember to share uh, this podcast if it's been something of benefit to you as a young professional. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Until next time.